79% of the individuals who commit suicide are men. I believe the total well-being and health of men is important, physical, mental, and emotional. My reason for uh, wanting to start the Mental Health Podcast was to address topics that we usually don't talk about as men, depression, um, relational issues, parenting, or even issues we have with our own parents. All right. Well, welcome to the Mental Health Podcast. I'm your host, Dre Mills, my co-host, Davies. Davies. And we have a special guest. Um, Drum roll. Here we go. (laughs) (laughs) Alicia Price is our guest. Um, Welcome, Miss Price. Thank you for having me. I was just letting Miss Price know that she's our first female guest, and we're so excited to have her to start off this way. Yes. You might even kick off our season two. Might be our <laughs> season yeah, two yeah, yeah. Off. Yeah, that might be the best way. But thank so, you very much for joining us today. Alicia Price is the CEO and founder of the Price Dynamic, um, bridging the gap in community communication for co-parenting and families. Mm. Uh, the mission is to support single parents in building and sustaining collaborative co-parent relationships, which help the ch- their children to thrive. Yes. Um, Alicia. Again, thank you for coming. Thank you for having me. <laughs> well, Alicia, how about you introduce yourself to, to our guest? Yes. Um, just tell us a little bit about yourself yeah. and the good, the bad, everything. Yeah, okay. <laughs> well, I, um, as Dre mentioned, I'm the CEO and founder of The Price Dynamic. I started a social enterprise um, with the intention of supporting single parents to become cooperative co-parents. Uh, because I have experience in the area. So I was raised by co-parents. My parents were never married. Um, And then, as we all know, we have a tendency to, you know, follow what we've seen in our Mm -hmm. own households and the ways that we've grown up. And um, what I did was also created a family without being married. So I was never married to my son's father. Um, However, we um, found a way to do it a little bit better than my parents did. And so through, you know, um, our experience, I learned a lot about myself. I learned a lot about um, respecting the role of a father and what that could look Mm. like and how we could evolve Mm. um, as parents together without being in a relationship. Mm -hmm. And the more that I started to share my own experience and what was working for me, the more people would say, like, either either (laughs) it was one or two things. I wish I could do that. Or, girl, you better than me, right? So it was one of the two. Like, it was either, like, you know, if you're getting along with him, uh, I don't know if I could do that. Mm -hmm. Or I wish I knew how to do that. And what I realized from that was that um, both of those statements meant the same thing. Uh It was was a fear, you know, of um, the unknown and how to have relationship um, around creating a family. And so I worked in nonprofit um, um, as an executive leader for several years prior to starting the business. And I just decided to mirror and match kind of my personal experience with my professional experience. And in September 2019, took the leap of faith and started the Price Dynamic. Oof. Looking, that's that's that just that. you just saying your story. That's a lot of emotions. Like, <laughs> like I'm like, oh, yes, it's a lot. That's a lot of I, a like. Lot. That's part of right. the therapist in me wants to ask you how much emotional oh work did gosh. you have to do for that to a even lot. start that. Very good question. Lots of emotional work and um, a willingness to 
learn more about myself even. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the big things that I tell people a lot of the times when we're talking about co-parenting is the realization of how you become a co-parent. Like it doesn't have to just do with, you know, the initial problem of why you broke up, right? It has a lot to do with like who you are Mm. because of who your parents were. Mm. Mm. and what you bring into a relationship, that baggage or the things that you haven't healed from um, or haven't even explored about what type of family you want to create. So we talk with families a lot of times about defining your family before the court does. Um, That's a a major philosophy (laughs) and mission around what the price dynamic does. But the emotional toll on myself personally was – Realizing how I changed when I became a mother and owning that. And a lot, I find a lot of times that women um, in particular don't own the mm. ways that we evolve and grow when we become mothers okay. and how we're no longer the girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so many things about us change, and it's natural for a man to um, pull away from that or be, you know, curious about like what what's happening, where did you go, yep. and why are you now putting our children or our child in front of me in the relationship yep. that we had, um, and so just an ownership, you know, of like the ways that I changed. Mm. It took for me to do that first to understand who he was as a man and who he will become as a father. Oof. Yeah. All right, my like brain is. Just, I know. Man, I left. Like, um, <laughs> mine is too. No, I'm like. I, woo. <laughs> okay. See, see here's, here's the thing. <laughs> what you just said is something that, like, personally now for me, I have to go back and address. Like, mm-hmm. who do you? The, the one statement that's popping in my head is define your family before the court system yep. does. Mm-hmm. And I think when the court system does define a family for us then we feed our family into what they say it's supposed to be. Yep. We, we let go of all the power that we believe that we should have had. Mm-hmm. I didn't even thought about it like that, mm-hmm. the, and to be honest. And I didn't even thought about my, I didn't even think about my family dynamic and what that looked like or anything. Yep. I was just like, I'm mad at you. Yep. You making it difficult for me. I'm not even thinking about like the other aspects of me that I needed to address. Yes. Oh, Lord. Yes. So I gotta go back to work. <laughs> I got some work to do. I like it. Um, one thing I heard, I was I was listening to. I forgot my notes at home, so I may miss <laughs> some of this. Um, a podcast that I listened to, um, one with Doctor uh, Warren Farrell. He's a political scientist. Also does family therapy, um, and uh, is an author as well. And he has a book called uh, The Boy Crisis, mm. which addresses um, boys in our society now and education and how not having a father affects them all the way into manhood. Um, Looking at the prison system and the majority of them being men and mostly coming from a single parent household where the father is not there, Mm -hmm. the crime rates and of course that being men. Um, And one of the things, um, one of the main things that I wanted to, to ask about was four things he made, he stated about, um, the four, there were four major do's uh, and don'ts in a relationship when a marriage doesn't work or a relationship doesn't work, and I'm going to try to remember all four of them. One of the main um, ones that I do remember was um, not bad-mouthing the parent. Um, yeah. And I'm sure you've ran into that, um, dealing with that 
at doing in the work you do, how do you handle that? One of the reasons why I said don't badmouth it because the the child identifies both with both parents um, because they have 50-50 in them. Mm-hmm. Um, specifically boys, like if the boy hears his mom badmouth the father, he's looking at himself as his father. So that he takes on that, that negative um, role or those words, he takes in those negative words that she says about the father. He also says that negative body language towards mm-hmm. one another as well affects the children. Can you speak to that a little bit? Absolutely. So you want to allow your children to have a relationship with you on their own, right? Like mm-hmm. you don't want to shape how they see their other parent. So when you're talking about the other parent in a negative way or your body language is negative, you're gesturing, you know, when they call, oh, here they go again. You know, mm-hmm. it's just that kind of stuff, right? Yeah. Every little bitty thing that you do is communicating something about the way you receive the other parent. And if that child identifies with the other parent, they may feel like I can't show those behaviors or those emotions, um, or it will be received in the same way. Or if they don't identify with the other parent, they have a tendency to latch on to the negative connotations of the other parent right Mm -hmm. so now they're treating that parent the same way that dad or mom is showing up and asking you to do something now here is uh, you know Mm -hmm. here you go or you know and and then they yeah Mm -hmm. they assume that they can behave in the same in the same way Um, the big thing that we always talk about is just allow your child or children to learn who their other parent is themselves Mm. as kids grow up they will 100% come up with their own perception of who their parent is. They do not need you to make that up for them. Nope. We all know as adults, we now grow have grown up and we look back and we're like, wow, I'm this way because my mom said this or did this or my dad. You know, I mean, we figure it out eventually. Yeah. So we don't need the other parent who is, and I think this is the biggest piece, the other parent whose their role is to protect you. Mm-hmm. And if they are talking negatively about something that is, of who you are, Mm. that's an attack on you. That's not protecting you. That's an attack on you, you, right? Mm -hmm. Your person, your character, you know, and who you might become. And so just um, finding other ways to communicate what your hurt is or how you feel about the other parent, but to do it in a negative way, it will almost always backfire. Backfire, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The the, the other thing, too, as you were speaking, that I, I keep thinking about, like from earlier, it's like the conversation of what it looks like to be a father. Who are you as a father? Um, and I say that because I'm from when I came from my father not being in my life. Mm-hmm. So being, the moment I found out that I was going to be a dad, the most terrifying part, and I, people don't understand this part, and I don't know why, the most terrifying part was me not knowing what to do or mm-hmm. not to do. Because I've never seen it done. It yep. wasn't mimic so much. I saw it in my neighbors like dads and yep. stuff. So that picked, point of reference yeah, point of, like, for everything else that we do in our lives we typically have a point of reference yeah so my question then becomes do you guys do any lessons or teach like i feel like this is something that will benefit both moms and dads where you could do a, a class like mm-hmm. what does it look like to be a parent is that something that you guys do we have a parent education class that we do that typically is when a family is already in the court system and oh, okay. is needing to learn new ways to communicate. Yeah. Um, but through one-on-one coaching, a lot of times, those things are explored. Okay. So you may have a parent that comes and says, you know, um, I have certain values or beliefs about behavior or mm-hmm. about um, 
just child rearing in in general but are they right or wrong Mm -hmm. and a lot of times fathers really they want to be an integral part of raising their child but they're fearful because they don't have um the emotional intelligence sometimes to say that this is how i'm feeling Mm -hmm. and or this is what i want to prevent my child from experiencing Mm -hmm. it sometimes comes off in a you know like an anger yeah or or yeah. now i'm frustrated i'm trying to explain it you don't get it when mm-hmm. i first say it so i'll oh, forget it that's forget. that's that's not well, that's the number one part that we well, i feel like we find ourselves in as men like we try to explain so many things that mm-hmm. we're like and I, for me it's like if i keep going back and forth there's not no part of me that enjoys going back and forth yes so my my result is that then I it's just cut it off forget it like i got this yep. never mind and the other piece too that i thought about when you were saying that like they're fighting is like then who if they don't know who they are, then how are they going to pass that on to the next generation? Mm-hmm. And so here we are finding ourselves in that space where most of the men in my generation, I felt like, grew up without their fathers or something major happened yep. in yep. between, like a divorce. And we all parent differently. Like I was saying to you before we even jump online, like I was raised in West Africa. Like the parenting scheme and style there Very different. is so different from here. So over there, during the time I was growing up, we were raised to be with parents out of fear and out of survival. Mm, yeah. Now I'm trying to, my son has none to survive of right. fear. Yep. So how do you switch that around and parent, not out of but straight out of love yep. and unconditional love that you never experienced? Yeah. So it's yeah. like, I, yeah. So one thing too, I want to go back to another reason why, and I think people don't talk about this enough, Another reason why you should not talk negatively about the other parent is because majority of the time you get back with that parent Mm -hmm. over and over and over and Mm -hmm. over again until Mm -hmm. it's done. Right. Mm -hmm. It's not most of the time when you end up in a co-parenting dynamic, it wasn't just like we just cut each other off this one time and never saw each other ever again. Because there's still emotional mm-hmm. attachment, right. so it's not. Right, so how do you go back in front of your children and pretend to be in love again or mm. move back in with each other again or dad's spending the night and you wake up and dad's mm. over there, but two weeks ago you called him. Man. You couldn't stand him. <laughs> how does that Right. Uh, you know, so so just thinking about the messaging that mm-hmm. we're sending to our yeah, kids. Yeah. Confusing. Do you think Very that confusing. does that affect the child? Like, because, of course, the child wants their parents together. Mm-hmm. That's the, the dream. Like, I want my, my, my mother and father together. I shouldn't yep. have to. To me, it's unnatural for a child to have to accept another. I mean, it happens. Yep. It's life. But to have to accept another person as their parent. You know what I mean? Yep. So seeing the back and forth between their biological parents and then it finally not work i'm sure that negatively impacts it does because what it does though is it it starts to create a pattern of this is how a relationship should go Mm. because these are the two people that i love the most and i actually want them to be together so if this relationship has to be you know uh toxic or you know this up and down pattern Mm -hmm. and my mom and dad are doing it then surely I have to look for that same thing, right? Mm -hmm. Because that's how it goes. Mm -hmm. Um, So we have a tendency to then just accept like what Mm -hmm. we see happening as as what a relationship should be. That generational burden of continuing what you've seen over and over again Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. instead of breaking the generational cuss and doing something different. Yep. So the um, first of the four, I I said no bad-mouthing the parents. And these are four things that... Um, of course, children who come from two-parent households 
tend to do better yeah. than children who don't. But he said that when there is a breakup, a divorce, um, these four things you need to have the children to perform on that level um, are the you know are the same. So of course, no bad mouthing. He said um, the second one. I just had them all. The second one was you should live at least twenty minutes. Mm. Um, apart from each other. Can you speak to that 20 minutes apart from each other so that the kids can still, you know, live 20 minutes apart from each other? And the third one was spend um, at least 50% of time with both mom and both dad. It should be a balance of time spent. Can you speak to that a little bit? I love that. I have actually not heard that, but um, by design, that is what my co-parent and I did. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were, I think, probably, I mean, we were less than 10 minutes, up, you know, like, um, apart in terms of, like, if something were wrong um, with my son, I could call him and he would be like, I'll, I'm coming over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll be there, right? And so what, what I think that distance or um, lessening the distance, what that creates is still a sense of togetherness, mm-hmm. right? It still, you know, helps you to understand that, we are a team. That's the biggest part of co-parenting. If you're going to be looking at co-parenting in terms of cooperative um, partnership, you have to be a team. Mm-hmm. Like you have to. And I don't know any any team that can play together and be, you know, like miles and miles apart. Right. The right. one thing that I do want to make sure to say though is when safety is an issue. Um, distance is helpful, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, you have to also yes. consider so that, you know, like, sometimes safety yeah. is an issue. Um, but in the instance where people are just acting out for, you know, because you just can't get along, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like, okay, what do we need to do to make sure this works for our children? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say the distance in terms of household, great. But um, there is a lot to be said, too, for people who are broken up. And mm-hmm. or divorcing, but they try to stay in the same house mm-hmm. with their kids. Mm-hmm. And in that case, there is a need for distance yeah. so yep. that your children can learn that this is how our new family dynamic is going to, going look. to look like. Yep. And then you can also teach yourselves how to work with each other in a different way. Mm-hmm. So I, like I think there's, you know, there's, things there's to consider. A, there's a lot of things to yeah. consider in that mind. But I like where you, the, the, I've seen a lot of, so when I did therapy, um, I've seen a lot of places where parents didn't want the kids to notice, mm. or they thought the kids yep. didn't notice. Like and they, they know. Me- and, and kids <laughs> know more than what you think. Yeah. They're very observant. They, they know. And that, that was one of my philosophy in therapy. One of my philosophy in therapy is like, if you bring your kid to me, that's great. I will do therapy with your kid. I also ask that we do a family session. Yes. I don't do just the kid by, by themselves. Yep. That's you, awesome. You're going to come. Uh, is that the that? And you have to sign that for me and hold it. Mm-hmm. And you cancel two or three in a row. I'm letting you know that we're on shaky grounds right there. Yes. Because I do want to see the dynamic when you guys are all in the room. So I so go to, I, there's this house I used to go to, and you can clearly tell that, like, they just, they just need to go mm-hmm. in separate ways. But they didn't know how to do it. Yep. So they both were in the same house. They're like, oh, this is my friend. So it this becomes toxic. Man. At that point. So it's like the toxicity in that is that makes more sense as to why, like, nope, take a shape, like, let it go, yep. and then do some healthy distance. The third one that you said. So I'm glad you brought that up, though, the, the counseling portion. So the third one I said was about um, the distance mm-hmm. being 20. Mm-hmm. And the reason he gave for that is so the, kid, the kids can still, 
they won't have to miss like if they're in sports or extracurricular activities yeah, yeah. they don't have to miss practices or um spending time with friends or games yeah. and they and they become resentful toward the other parent that's taking them away from that mm-hmm. um the fourth one was um plan for do counseling before an emergency mm-hmm. um yeah do, yep. do counseling before that do you i'm sure you advocate for counseling and um how does that work when dealing with with parents and that you work with when you do counseling a co-parenting group but if one one parent says nah i don't need it yeah oh good question so i would say i am absolutely an advocate for um any type of counseling therapy coaching where you're learning ways to communicate right um to heal and you know um grow through whatever the pain is but then to learn new ways to talk with each other about what you're experiencing i think is 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 paramount right um but most importantly about those those sessions and why i think it is good to do this proactively um because when you are already hurt you can't hear so if you plan for the what ifs right Um, then you are prepared in all other things we do in life simple right we're we're planning we we go to the grocery store we're planning everything that we're doing (laughs) you know you go to the gas station you got to get where you got to go you got to plan to get to the gas station so why would we not plan to give our child or children a stable foundation and so if more people had those conversations about what is parenting together going to look like, yeah. how would we deal with this situation if it were to occur? And even if it never happens, right, or even if the wildest thing you come up with and now you're laughing about it, but you're creating a shared language. Mm. And a lot of times people are afraid to do that. It's a vulnerable space to talk about what parenting is going to look like for you, especially if parenting didn't feel good for you. Mm. Right. Mm. If you felt like you missed out on what it was like to be a parent, you know, to be parented. Um, so then it puts people in a raw space that we neglect. We, we just assume people will show up ready to talk about what does it mean to be a parent. Um, and if you didn't have that example um, or if you had an example that was not comfortable for you it's also difficult mm-hmm. like we yeah. take for granted sometimes that people grow up with mothers and fathers in the same household <laughs> that don't know how to co-parent mm-hmm. and one parent is you know managing more of the load of what it means mm-hmm. to empower your children and support them socially and developmentally and the other person just thinks that they can provide and that's enough that's it. Mm-hmm. and then there's no co-parenting happening in that situation so we also work with families who are married or cohabitating <laughs> yeah. that don't know how to co-parent we call them single parents. Yeah, right. Exactly. Literally. I told them, like, you're a single parent. I'm sorry, you may have a husband yes. or a wife at the house, yep. but you're, just, you're a single parent. Yep. You just don't know it yet. Yep. <laughs> you so my, it. catch up to you. I have a question. So when you said that, um, all you think you need to do is to provide. Like, I, I take pride in being an active father in my children's life. Yep. And that was one of the things, because I, I grew up with how my father. I knew who he was, but he wasn't around. So I'm like, okay, these are the things I'm going to do. That's mm-hmm. how I learned how to be a father. I'm going to give what I wanted, yeah. um, even though there's steps beyond that. Um, but when you said all you have to do is provide, because I've been in this situation too, um, usually usually, um, or a lot of times the man is the breadwinner or mm-hmm. we take on the role as I, 
I have to provide and protect my family. That's yeah. the way we show love. Yep. Um, and oftentimes we don't know that, you know, you need help as well or don't know how um, to to help because we get home and we're tired. Yep. You know, and I'm providing all the bills are paid for. You don't have to. We're stressing about this. And and both parties have a point. Like, yep. well, I need help. These kids Absolutely. are driving me crazy. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to work and I'm doing this. How do you bring them together? Like, hey, both of you are, are right and you both need help. Yep. This is how you this is how you do it. Um, because both feel upset because they're not hearing each other. How do you work with that? Yep, great question. Because co-parenting, um, I saw this where someone talked about um, marriage not being 50-50. Co-parenting mm-hmm. isn't either. Mm. Like anybody that thinks parenting is going to be an equal share of responsibility and discipline is insane. <laughs> Somebody is going to carry more of the load at some point in time than the other person. It's about talking about when I'm operating at 75% and you're only 25% mm. when it comes to this discipline. It's about talking to the other parent about, okay, once I get that to that place and you see these things happening for me, how do you show up for yeah, me? Tap because me that's when it's yep. team. When do you tap me in? Yep. Because really, it co-parenting doesn't always mean how you show up for the child. Mm. It also means how you show up for your co-parent, right? <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Like being able to like tag that person in and tag them out. Um, there are times where I remember calling my son's father and being like, hey, you know what? I'm going to need you to come pick him up today because if he stays here one more hour, it's going to go down. <laughs> and he's like, I'm on my way. And that was me being like, I need, I need, I need your support yep. right now. Mm-hmm. We don't got to have this long, drawn-out conversation about what happened. Nope. Just I, come you get know, him. We'll just, talk about I it later. I need this, you know. Yeah. And in that moment, I wasn't looking for him to carry on the discipline. Mm-hmm. I already yelled at him. I already did all that. Mm-hmm. Now, we're, now we're both vexed. Come mm-hmm. get him, sir. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Right. And so it's not always about I need you to show up for the kids as much as it is I need you to show up for me. And a lot of times... Um, I think women don't articulate that well because we want to feel like we're in control, we're in boss mode, mm. I'm mom, mm. I got this, Super I'm running mom. a tight ship, yeah. right? And so then that becomes a vulnerable space for uh, us to say, I need you, right? And then for men, mm. um, they sometimes don't know how to say, well, what exactly do you need me for? Like, cause mm. I, I don't get this right now. Mm-hmm. And it's okay <laughs> to be like, Tell me what you need from what you me. Want. Yeah, like what can right? I Right, like the very yeah. basic yeah. questions. And yeah. I think, I think, speaking from experience, we just shut down because I, I can't yep. get in that emotional space with you because I'm not my best when I'm in your emotional space yep. with you. So yep. then I just have to shut you off. And when you're able to calm down and we can have a discussion, then we communicate. But you guys, women, yep. a lot of women yep. can communicate in that, in that emotion. You mm-hmm. guys communicate well. We don't. So we just shut yep. down. Well, like, um, cool. So you, I, right, give right. us like how do so we right. how do we work around that? How do we work around that? And I think I think a lot of frustration comes too because I'll get a call from my kid's mother and they're like, "Well, he's just not doing this." And I'll yeah. get on the phone. Hey, and then he does it. And he does what I says. And she's like, "Well, what did you do?" I was like, "I just talked to him." Yeah. Um. And I I believe that's from so again with Dr. Farrell, one of the things he said is. Both mother and the father can set the standard. The standards are the same, but the father, the thing is, the, the kids usually know how to manipulate 
the mother a lot yeah. of times because yeah. the mother, um, to their credit, they're more attached to the children emotional. Like when they grow as a, as infants, you got to cater to the needs of the child. Mm -hmm. So you don't know how to break from, as they get older, breaking from catering to their needs. And the father will say, no, nah, if you want this, this is what you have to do where the mother tends to break from that. Yep. So what we talk about at the Price Dynamic is the difference between feelings and facts. Mm. A lot of times mothers operate from the feelings mm -hmm. space and fathers step in with the facts. Mm -hmm. Did you clean your room? Mm. Yes, yes or oh, no? Thank you. <laughs> Are you. Did you get the homework done? Why not? Right? Yeah. But we, we might ask that question and then secondary what happens is now I'm mad that either you lied at me or lied to me mm -hmm. or you're not answering me quick enough or the homework been hidden in your backpack for a week and this is what we already talked about mm -hmm. and so now our emotions are heightened because we're doing we're dealing with it over and Multiple over. Multiple things right? instead of just the one thing. Right. Did you do the homework? Yeah, yes or and no, then bro? dad gets on the phone and says, Hey, so this is what we getting ready to do, mm -hmm. right? Solution focused, <laughs> yep. right? And so children respond, um, contrary to popular belief, to discipline. Mm. Every child needs and thrives when there is discipline. Mm -hmm. Discipline does not mean corporal punishment. No. Mm. Discipline means to teach, yep. right? And so dads are ready to come in with a solution. And most of the time, solution comes with structure, which is the discipline. Mm -hmm. Mom is dealing now with the fact that you're yelling, I'm yelling back at you, this one start <laughs> crying, the other one's over here, you know, so it's a lot to do with feelings and emotion. Yep. Oh. And, and the thing is, and this is where I feel like um, men can step in more in support of mom, especially with co-parenting, is that when you recognize that we're in that emotional space, instead of watching us um, spin, spin out, right? Be like, you know what? I realize you need a moment. I got you. That's it. Isn't you know like I like, like let me let's, let's do take, what you need to do. And and away. it's okay for dad to yeah. be like, hey, you know what? We're all gonna take a break. Mm -hmm. Time yeah. out. This we need we need a moment. Here's my thing though. With that, sometimes I, then I don't want to worry about overstepping your your authority as a mother, mm -hmm. especially when we're co-parenting. This is your house. I've had the time where I pull up and she's just like going at him. And I can tell, like, <laughs> yeah. you know, like, that's my child. I yeah. know that he yeah. don't push all the all correct the buttons. buttons. <laughs> like, he literally went to the pad and just did this, okay? So I'm like standing there, like, and I'm like, all right, you in the car. Yeah. Me and you going to talk. Yeah. I'm like, you go take a break. But then it's like, how do I do it without you feeling like I'm taking away their power? You ask that. Okay. In a, in a moment where it's not high emotions, it's okay. a simple day, and just reflect. Like this, remember when that situation happened? This is how I wanted to support you, but would that have worked okay. for you? Or mm -hmm. what would you I want like me that. to do, I right? Like because, again, it's about having a shared language. And I always talk about co-parenting as two individuals that share uh, values mm. and discipline. Mm -hmm. And then when we talk about what are our values for how we want our child or children to grow up or to show up in the world, if you can always circle back to your values, your shared values, and it could be your top three things that these are, you know, our non-negotiables or this mm -hmm. is what we look for, then you have a shared language. So in the heat of the moment, you can yell out one of those values. Like right now, we're not living up to the value that we set for ourselves. Mm -hmm. Remember, we said this is how we were going to do this. And that's a shared foundation, right? For everybody to be like, okay, whoa, yep, we, we have 
veered away from what we set mm-hmm. for our family. Yeah. Yeah. I think that to me that's the biggest problem right now. I feel like yeah. I feel like most households don't ask those conversations. We don't have those conversations yep. like what are our values. Yeah. And for for example, yep. my son was never planned. It yep. just happened. Yep. So we didn't even have those kind of conversations. Exactly. So then we got to the No, oh, he was planned if you wasn't <laughs> <laughs> if you didn't if you didn't take precautions, he was planned. <laughs> that's a deep that's a level stuff. <laughs> <laughs> then we get to the point where I got some form of resentment when we went to the legal system and the way yes. I got played. Yes. Oh wow! I'm glad you brought that yes. up. That so, cut you up, man. So another thing, um, I'm, ha- I'm gonna send you. I'm gonna send you this yes. this clip. Um, men are eight times more likely to commit suicide than women. Eight more times likely than women to commit suicide when going through the family court system. Yeah. yeah. I, I had. I believe. How that. do I put it? Mm-hmm. Minnesota is a woman's state. Mm-hmm. And as much as people don't like me, men saying that, they don't want to hear it, saying that, they don't Minnesota is a woman's state. It takes a lot for a woman for a woman to lose their child to a man in mm-hmm. Minnesota. The other part is for a black man to win custody of his son with a white woman is not easy. Very true. So for me, I've done every... I'm not a saint, mm-hmm. but legally I have no legal problems for them to be like, nah, you, you're not fit to have a right. child. I work with kids, yep. but even going through that system, when we left, even before we started the co-parenting, there was so much resentment. There was so yep. much anger. There was so much like, so how you go from, from that to co-parenting yes. when you're so mad yep. at what you just watched somebody do with your own life? Like, mm-hmm. I know that we have a kid, but here you are playing yes. God yep. with my life. Yep. And, and that's a, the big reason why I created the Price Dynamic was with this intention that when families are struggling to figure it out, there could be a place where they could go to do that without going to the court, right? Because um, while they may call it family court, mm. family issues and family dynamics don't belong in the court system. There, as we talked about the the feelings and the facts, right? Um, a judge or a referee is now tasked with ciphering through your feelings, figuring out what the facts are. And in the case of black men and any other race, being the mother of the child, right? There is a level of passion. There's a level of aggression that um, black men show when it comes to their children, mm-hmm. rightfully so. Yep. So when they show up now in this system with those emotions, showing and sharing that feeling, mm-hmm. and their mom is quiet and waiting mm-hmm. and patient and waiting to be told what to do, the, the juxtaposition of those two things, right? Like mm-hmm. all of a sudden it's now like, oh, dad is angry. Yeah, you're scary. And, yeah. Scary. And now I believe all of the things. Mm-hmm. Whether they're true or not, um, I have this paper where she said you act this way, and now Mm. you're doing that. Mm -hmm. So what what else do I have to go from, right? Mm. And so it it continuously happens, and it is a hard space to be in. The the thing I always tell people is, um, you know, the importance of loving your kids more than the hatred you have for the parents. Man, you know. and then also for the custodial parent, which is not all the time the mother, um, 
to have a willingness to step aside and allow your child to still maintain or sustain a relationship with the other parent. Who you know that parent to be is your experience of them in a relationship or lack thereof. It has nothing a lot of mm. times to do with their ability again. to parent Say or nurture again. their child, Ooh. right? And we have a tendency to hold people to the standard of, I, like, I'm still dating you or I'm still in relationship I with said the you. standard of hurt. Like, yep. whatever they did last to you seems to stick around longer. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. whatever you, like, whatever happened between, because when I, like, I, doing sessions, I'm like, so why are you mad? He did this, this, and that. Everything after that has right. nothing, nothing to do, to do with anything. You know what the biggest thing about this, and this happens a lot in when I do coaching with mothers. They will tell you from from the very beginning, right? They can't they can't get past mm. the hurt a lot of things. times, right? Um, and they associate the ways that maybe uh, um, the father may have lied to them hurt them mm-hmm. was deceitful to them yep. to how they show up for their kids so if mm. you miss a date that you were supposed to come pick the kid up see because you lie mm-hmm. and see because mm-hmm. right because it's a similar type of a behavior but one of the things that men can do that they do not do is apologize no oh, i was about to ask that how you read my mind get out of my mind i think i was about so, to ask so, that so though. i have a question yeah. too so that can happen so I'm advocate for the brothers right now. Yeah, because that can go both. That can go both ways, yeah. and I'm sure you've seen it. Yeah. How do men handle that then? So like, it's you. You know, because if we if we express that, women express that, and it's like that's just how they are. But if yeah. we express our frustration because you haven't held, you know, yep. held up stood to up your h- end, of the, the end of the bargain yep. or kept your word, but we can't hold you accountable, then it becomes petty. When you yes. do it, it's not petty. But then it's mm-hmm. like, no, nah, I need to see some improvement. I need to see this. Um, how do you, how would you suggest uh, somebody, um, as a man, deal with that? Um, no, I, I agree. I think um, a lot of times we, we do see fathers that are like, you know what, this is what I want for my child, and you're not doing that. You haven't shown up in this way, and it does come off more punitive, or like mm-hmm. you're not giving them um, grace for mm-hmm. all that they're dealing with or, you know, that they're going through. The cr- yeah, they start crying. And, and in, that, in that space. <laughs> I'm sorry. In that it's like, space, I'm not trying to be petty, but it's like, but it's, it's true, right? It's like, it's true. And yeah. that makes us feel that way, right? Like, oh, here you go. Like, I'm trying to talk to you about something and here's these emotions again. But I think for men, the best way to do that is to um, be planful of what you're going to say, mm-hmm. right? Like not get caught in a space where you're reacting. Mm-hmm. because then it does come off punitive yep. because men are solution focused, yep. right? So it's like, let's stop all of this and get to this. And they want to rush past what those feelings are. So if they could plan more in terms of like, this is what I want to bring to this person. Yeah. This is how I want to say it and stick to that instead of getting caught in the emotion by reacting to the emotion. Mm-hmm. And that's hard. But it, but it is but it is a good tool because if you're not constantly, I tell people this all the time too. It is no fun to tickle somebody who doesn't laugh. Mm. So if every time you try to bring something up, she cries or she gets petty or she talks about what you did in the relationship, mm-hmm. and you follow her on that path, there's no incentive to stop doing it because now the attention is not on her and her parenting style or what you're asking for. The attention is now on you and your past behavior. Mm-hmm. So here's the thing. Here's one thing that's very, like, very heavy for me as a man. 
we have conversations and we fix and we think in my mind i think we came to a conclusion mm. we <laughs> solved it in my mind yeah. i believe we just definitely like come with a solution. you know yeah. what i'm saying <laughs> you, you know where i'm going with it it's like you i'll be like oh yes. dude, done we got this and then only for something different to happen and you start right back yeah to what i thought we don't solve yeah so it's like how am i dealing with that and that's one of the things that i dealt with in the beginning yeah. of co-parenting yeah well you just said like but we already handled that yeah heck i but already apologize for right. that but was it in writing See, i learned that the hard that's way. a woman answer yeah. to was <laughs> no, it in writing because literally I, I, the, yeah. the resolution That's this a is a thing answer. i'm gonna tell you and i'm and i'm gonna hold it down for the women on that one man because this is the thing now when you're co-parenting you're a team this Definitely. is a partnership yep would you write down anything else that has to do with being a team and partnering so that you know like we have bylaws we have contracts mm. we have invoices we have all sorts of other things to tr thank you to track back on any other partnership or agreement that mm -hmm. we've made and that was basically same with parenting and the fourth one when it was like get counseling preventative counseling before yep. anything happens that's basically like the bylaws and the structure Absolutely. of because you're you're running a business it's a yes. corporation yes. so yeah that definitely makes sense yes if you're going to have clear values they should be written and they should be posted somewhere mm -hmm. and there could be three of them mm -hmm. and they should be on dad's refrigerator at his house and on mom's refrigerator mm -hmm. at his mm -hmm. at her house right like so we want to have things in writing because it is not only holding you accountable yeah it provides a record to go back so that you can end these cycles, right? And then it's also an amazing foundation for your children to know that we're not just making up, I don't know if yeah. I can cuss or not. No, okay, that we're not just making shit up yeah. as we go. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right, because That's it good. should not be this loose. Okay, one week this was the rule. And then you're, Next yeah. week this is the rule. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. so, having things written down um, is is a really good thing to do. And if the other person is not um, in a space mentally where they can do that, or complying with what you wrote taking, down, taking notes and then sending an email. I want to follow up. That this, these are the things that we talked about. My brain doesn't even work like that. mine doesn't either. It, then it becomes like, that becomes man, petty to me because now I'm doing so it. So much work now. For, I get I'm it. doing it for receipts. Like yeah. me as a man, I'm like yep. this. I'm sticking to my word. This is my word. This my is word. I'm so I glad that you said that it becomes petty because again, we see this so many times for men. They will say that like this is petty, or you can see like a custody battle, right? Mm -hmm. Mom will come in with a list mm -hmm. of things that dad does or does not do when he didn't show up and dad is sitting there like i'm not even trying to do her like that exactly i could say all sorts of stuff but i ain't doing that yeah but that's where we're at that's the game that's exactly where, that's where that's I, the game that's where it, which is sad it's, it's sad but it makes it makes sense like and men need to become more empowered yeah and more um together and have this kind of structure when it relates to their children and not mm. see it as petty but see it as creating a foundation See, that also yeah. is leadership, mm -hmm. right? Like, if you have the wherewithal to say, I didn't write it all down, but I have two things we talked about. <laughs> two things mm -hmm. I took from this conversation. Here's these two lines in the email. Want to make sure I'm tracking the stuff we talked about. That's leadership, mm -hmm. right? So, so this is how I would say men look at it, or some men. And I've, yeah. heard, I've heard this, and I kind of feel the, this way, too. It doesn't always work in a relationship. Absolutely. However, a lot of guys will 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 tell you that having a children and having a family um that's their legacy yes 
and oftentimes they're bitter because the woman oftentimes has broke it seems that she's broken that up i don't have i don't have respect for what the legacy is he doesn't seem that he doesn't think that she does because it's all about her feelings and what she's not getting in a relationship this is why we're breaking up the relationship and in his mind you're breaking up the my whole family. family. You're breaking yeah, up yeah, my family. Yeah. You're not breaking up just a lady. Like I don't get always. I don't always get what I want, and and that kind of goes back to what you said about taking notes. Like I'm not gonna keep notes. I'm not gonna do that. You don't give me all I want, but this is. I guess this is part of what being a man is. Yeah. I have to accept this, and then it's kind of thrown back in our face a lot of times. That's what we've seen. Yeah. That's the problem, though. I think the the terminology of this is what being a man is was one thing that we use, I've used so much as a man. Mm-hmm. That is what it means to be a man. Like, even when you're in pain and in hurt, it's like, I guess that's what a man does. Like, right. nah. And then now, when I, when I, I'm like, nope, Mm-mm. nope. Like, I'm telling everybody right now, I'm like, Summer, once my son leaves, I'm going to take a few days for myself. Yes. Leave me alone. <laughs> yep. And it's not to yep. be mean or to be... And right. so it's just like I need to find what the what are the things that I work. We work at schools where it's exhausting, and yeah. we see a lot of these kids. They come in with our father figure. We could tell the kids yep. who have both parents at home yep. and the ones who don't. The moment they walk through that door, definitely, it's not easy. To, it's not that easy to mm-hmm. like go. The moment I call too, I can tell who who you are as a parent when I'm calling you, telling you what your child does. Just don't, when yeah. you start going, my baby can. Ah, uh, so you and then we. David, before before you get into that, because that's one of the things <laughs> you going ahead of me, man. Because yeah, that's one of the things that's actually one of the things that you do. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Is you consult organizations that work with families and kids and yep. stuff like that. So before I get into that, yep. you, have you heard that before about what I was just mentioning about men, men feeling like she just threw away everything? Oh, she yeah. kind of broke it. Especially in divorce. Mm-hmm. In divorce proceedings, you will hear a lot of times a father saying, because of perhaps infidelity or yeah. because of um, her feeling like, you know, she doesn't have enough support in the, in the household or I work too much, I'm outside of the house, I'm not taking time with her, mm-hmm. that it's just everything that I've worked for is being thrown away. Mm-hmm. And so then there is resentment. And we do see that a lot in our supervised visitation program where okay. parents are not able to communicate or they don't feel while they're going through divorce that they can exchange their children. So one of the other parents will do their parenting time in our facility. So, And, I, and that is a, that is a, a hard space mm-hmm. um, because so, so with that, I will say we talk also about the stages of grief. Hey, and, yeah. a, and a man who's in that space, right, of feeling like I've just lost everything, mm-hmm. it is going to take him a lot longer to move through those stages mm-hmm. of grief, right? Mm-hmm. Because he may be just still like, I can't even believe this is happening. Not even owning where you're at, right? Yes. Yeah, because yep. that that's his space? life. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no. Is there any space where we don't even make people lose everything to even get to that space? As someone who do co-parenting, yeah. is there something you bring back to lawmakers and be like, "Look, these are different things that we're seeing. It's making it more difficult for us to have healthy kids, mm-hmm. healthy families, healthy people around." When you take everything that somebody has worked for, or when you just divide them based yeah. on numbers, yep. without understanding the other particles, it's like these are things that they need to hear. Oh, Some of the 100%. laws that they need to change. Yeah. One the- of the things that I have been very intentional about with the fact that the price dynamic is a social enterprise, which um, is really about social impact. 
like doing good work in the community to see positive outcome. And so we have done gone to bench meetings where we're meeting with Hennepin County uh, judges and referees, also Ramsey County, um, the AFCC, to just share trends. Like I will attend a meeting to say, this is what we've noticed happening, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. Um, and the more that I show up and do those things, I'm noticing that, you know, we are getting more um, compassion around families. But what happens is judges feel like you brought your problem to me. Mm -hmm. I didn't come knock on your door right. and say, you know, let me take your kid away mm -hmm. or let me now make you pay this amount of money or, you know, in, in terms of child support, which is a whole nother episode. Mm. Um, so the compassion sometimes is not there. You know, um, and, and when that's it comes the part. That. And I hear them when they say you bring your problem to me, but like every other organization and every other pillar of our community, they I know that they want to go by law. They also have to go by some training. Yes. Like, do they go through any training to do this stuff, or you just? This sit is there? what we're working on now. Man, they, so I'm sorry, <laughs> but like, there's so yeah. many more questions. It's like, what trainings do you have? Yeah. And when do you see because what even like you mentioned, knowing the difference between a child that enters a school that has two parents or has a parent that's not involved, or you know whatever the case may be, um, talking with educators and just community about implicit bias that we put mm. on families who mm. are going through. Um, the transition from, mm -hmm. you know, co-parenting or cohabitating to maybe single parent household and what support a child or children might need in that space or the ways that we can talk to them. How some of the things that we do when we're thinking we're helping families and working with them that can further victimize them mm -hmm. or, or cause um, a divide. You know, like in schools, I've worked with, you know, schools for several years prior and just hearing how, you know, how much teachers or staff call mom primarily when there's a problem, even if both parents are listed, <laughs> mm -hmm. right? And mom is already pissed off because I didn't did the laundry, I gotta cook dinner, I'm at work, you keep calling me, and dad's over here in her mind on scot-free island, mm -hmm. right? And so, and part of that is because majority of the educators are women. So mm -hmm. they're feeling more comfortable calling and speaking another to woman. Yep. another yeah. woman instead Definitely. of the head of the household. So there's so many things that we do hmm. um, without awareness that help our family systems become divided or help, you know, some of the tension that's in the household when, when both people get home after work. Um, and so it's just about continuing the conversation, building awareness, um yeah yeah i'm i'm hoping <laughs> I'm, I'm really really hoping that like something changes around especially in minnesota and the approach that because i so i read somewhere i don't know what i don't know where i saw it that, like if we didn't have government help or government aid a lot of moms would be a, a deadbeat mom mm. instead of a deadbeat dad mm -hmm. i've heard that too i'm mm -hmm. like it keeps popping up okay. but you can also understand too that that was whoever created that is coming out of frustration oh yeah out of anger yeah out of something that don't yeah. happen to them mm -hmm. you know and then we watch the stories play by play it's just to me if we're trying to do better by everybody if we're trying to go equal trying to do equality yep. we have to tap into every single resources that we have mm -hmm. and we have people like your organization yeah. that they could tap into and bring in before you go, like, before you kick in the year, yes. look through the paperwork and see what, yep. where did it land? What does yep. it tell you? Mm -hmm. And then come and ask a question, like, how could we make that better? 
But everything that happens, for example, when they take child support out of my, my check, yep. some percentage goes to the state. Yeah. Some goes to her. Yes. And so this is a, a big one um, for me is that we enter into systems that we already don't know anything about. So you don't know what questions to even ask. You don't know what's happening to you, what's coming. Um, and to that comment about the you know deadbeat mom versus the deadbeat dad, a lot of times that women are applying for public assistance, uh, MFIB, you know, um, medical assistance, anything like that. When you apply for those things, you have to apply for child support. Mm. People don't know that. So if any government assistance, you know, a state assistance program is helping you, they want to get reimbursed mm -hmm. for what they're helping you with. And they look to the father for that reimbursement. <laughs> so you're not going to get <laughs> the support you need. You're not going to get the grace from them. Right. They want their money back. you file for child support. And um, some new work that we're doing is we'll be working with um, um, – the Department of Human Services in partnership with uh, child support so that when a, a father gets a positive paternity test and learns that he is the father and child support is now being you know um, assigned mm -hmm. that we can step in in that space to help them to create some language help them have this agreement um, that po that potentially can move them out of that system mm -hmm. because what we're finding and literally um, is intimate partner violence and domestic violence um, rises with positive paternity tests. Mm. Yeah, I, I mean, mm. this, this, and the you may already know the psychologist in me is like and going. You may yeah, already definitely. know that you're the father. Yeah, but yeah. once you get that paper, it says something but, completely yeah, different. So here's the other part that right. I don't think people think about. That's that paper. Then depending on how old the child is, gives you a life sentence for a certain amount. You just end, if the baby just got burned, you have a 18 year sentence with the state. But and this is the other thing that people don't know is that's not necessarily true because you can forgive any child support order or arrears in writing. I've had that. I've and you can just send this letter, right? But if there's not a, a intermediary, a conduit, like someone who can get in there and say, hey, let's deal with how you're feeling. Mm -hmm. Let's get you to a place where you can communicate, mm -hmm. uh, where you can create an agreement that doesn't require you to fill out paperwork every month, <laughs> mm -hmm. right? Um, that you can have this shared language again and remove yourself from that system. And what mm -hmm. does that look like? How do you set up other, you know, um, structure within your co-parenting dynamic that supports you and not relying on the court for that. Mm -hmm. That's what I want this episode yeah. to be called. Co-parenting, shared language, shared language. I want to respect your time. I told yeah. you I'd have you out here at 2.30. It's 2.30 now, but I have like two more questions. So That's cool. That's cool. Okay. Um, so to continue with what I was saying about how the man is feeling when they're going through that situation, mm -hmm. whether it be the divorce or whatever. So the reason why I started this, the mental health podcast was to address the toes that life take on, on yeah. men or has on men and not just to complain about it, but how to become better so that we can deal with those um, in a healthy manner and an effective manner so that we become better for our families, our children and ourselves Absolutely. and our communities. Um, so for men who are going through that and feel like oh, I was shorted, they, she took my family away from me. She broke down everything. That can drive a man crazy. Yes. 
do you ha have any resources when you're dealing with families so that they for for the men so that they can be in a healthy place to come and then now co-parent yep. and and deal with those things um i think it's this might be um foreign to a lot of people or feel like oh, i don't know if this will work but it's free and it's to journal mm. i highly recommend that men feeling um like they have had a family loss or things that are happening in terms of their family that are out of their control to write down how they're feeling so that they can build up the uh, capacity to communicate those things because as a first step it's difficult for them to have that vulnerability mm -hmm. or to share that so to, to jump off the ledge and say go to therapy or go find a men's group or whatever is like I don't want to tell people that I lost my family, right? right? You know what I mean? Right. So I feel like a first step, which is free, is to start writing, okay. writing how they're feeling. The other thing I tell people is to be comfortable going back and reading it mm. because what you're doing with that is giving yourself um, a foundation for what what is factual and what are your feelings again um, and to X out or throw away the things that make you laugh. Um, I tell this to moms a lot because they will come up with a list of stuff about what the dad does and doesn't do. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, it's, half of it is unrealistic. So please <laughs> read your list in the mirror. And, it, and anything yeah. that you say out loud that makes you laugh, cross it, it off <laughs> because it's bullshit. Right, right. Right? And so getting comfortable communicating how you're feeling and what you're experiencing with yourself first. Then I would say step two is to find a close person in your life that is not a yes person. Mm -hmm. Men more than likely go to somebody to talk about what they're going through with a person who will agree with them. Mm -hmm. And then they go to the other person and say, see, because when I talk to such and such, they, they agree, they believe me. Mm -hmm. Finding a person who you trust. Mm -hmm. who, that goes both ways, right? Who will give you an opposing <laughs> opinion. Mm -hmm. That is true, that mm -hmm. is true. A lot of women do go to people who will agree with them. Um, but women are more comfortable sharing their problems and with more people. Mm -hmm. So in the span of doing that, you're going to get one or two homegirls mm -hmm. that's going to be like, girl, that's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Whereas Intrusive. men will go to one person who will be like, yeah, that's crazy. Mm -hmm. Uh-huh. Ain't giving them no real <laughs> feedback, right? Mm -hmm. um, and outside of that, I think therapy is amazing. Um, I am a, a huge, huge supporter of, of therapy and um also social groups right like it's okay to feel like you play basketball or play a sport go golfing or whatever with somebody who from time to time you can take a break and be like man i'm i'm not feeling my best today and you don't have to always say exactly what it is no. right mm -hmm. but to be able to share that mm -hmm. the other thing too i think for men is to trust that if you share your emotions more often with women we can handle them but when you don't share, and then there's a buildup of you not sharing, and you finally share, it feels weak. It mm. feels like, wait, what? So mm -hmm. if you wanna constantly show me this kind of, this strength and this bravado, like I got it, I'm good, and then that cracks, then you're not showing us who we thought you were. So if from the beginning, you're consistent with expressing how you feel, with saying that doesn't make me feel comfortable, or this is what I need from you. Or even if it feels petty, mm -hmm. it's a feeling. So what about the, the men who feel 
when they have been vulnerable, it's been thrown back into their face. I'm sure you've seen that. Yep, and that's unsafe, and they don't deserve to be in situations like that. Mm -hmm. And they also need to know that they have a right to say, this does not serve me. Mm. Right? Men put up with so much abuse. Say that one more time for the Men people in the back. Men put up with <laughs> so much abuse. Mm. Literally. I mean, I had to even think about, like, i be really honest and transparent in my own situation when I think about um, the ways that I used to talk to my son's father sometimes. Mm. Right? Like, where I would dial back and think, like, you know, just in relationship. Like, I wasn't verbally abusive, but, you know, my tone might have been, like, like, are you talking to your man or your son right mm -hmm. now? You know what I'm saying? And, mm -hmm. like, realizing that. And thank God that I was raised with my father. And I remember before even having my son, there was a time my father was at our house. And he pulled me aside and was like, hey, the way you just said that, not cool. Mm -hmm. Right? And so, and I, I was just... I'm moving around. I'm in the house. And I, I remember what it was something so simple. Where I was like, could you get your shoes from at the front door? Like, dang, we got people over here. And I remember because said. my dad pulled me aside and said, no, mm -hmm. like, mm. uh, uh, especially not with other people in the house. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Like respect him in that, in that space. And so the other thing is just like men have to do more about teaching people how to treat them. Women don't have a problem with being, I don't like that. Don't talk to right. me like that. Don't call me that. Don't. But men don't do that. Nope. And it is 100% okay to teach your co-parent how to treat you because you also have to recognize that you're modeling for your child. Mm -hmm. I think we're also learning how to be treated, to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. I think we've gone through a phase where as men where we have not, that was never a priority. Yep. And it was never made for us to feel like we could say don't do that to us mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying yeah so now that we're learning it it's coming step by step yeah but as it keeps coming we go i believe men will get there to yep. the point where you're going to hear them say this does not serve my purpose Absolutely. i need to remove myself because we also have to we have to remove these labels like what it means to be a man what it means to be a woman and just fundamentally what does it mean to be a human being and be respected as such mm -hmm. right like for me to be whole and healthy and well, um, and I think if more fathers would hold themselves to, I'm going to move in the world in a way that I would want my child or children to, to feel and be treated mm -hmm. so that they can learn it from me now, mm -hmm. so they can feel it from me, they can see it. Because kids, they soak up our energy. And if we're with a father who is being abused, we can feel that. We can mm -hmm. see that we're, mm -hmm. we're, you know, so um, I think the biggest thing is to, to realize, like, step up, take ownership of how you want to be treated so that your children don't have to go through the same things. Definitely. Definitely. All right. I did have one more question so I yeah. can get you out of here. But <laughs> as you were talking, so you have a you have a son. Yes. How old is your son? He's 20. He's 20. Oh, you got a grown man. Man, I'm like, hold on, man. <laughs> you got a grown, grown man. man. But so. Raising a son, though, as yes. how much did that help you as a woman to look at, like, what? because I'm sure you look at, as a woman, you know, like, okay, I don't want my son with her. Mm -hmm. This is what you look out for, son. How did that, and then having a father of your own mm -hmm. help you as a woman and how to interact with men on, uh, as well? Oh, 100%. I would say being raised with a man in my house um, was the guiding 
kind of principle, right? Um, so much so that I named a business after my family, right? Mm -hmm. The price dynamic. Um, our core principles and um, our values, our mission, and everything that we do in the organization have derived from how my family operates. Mm. And that's why we call it the price dynamic. Okay. It hints the family dynamic. Um, being able to talk with my dad and even just seeing his, what he went through and what my childhood felt like being with my father, um, I knew out the gate what I wanted and didn't want for my son's father. Mm. Um, so that did help. Um, I think if I did not have a father, the other thing that I would have relied upon is the fact that my son's father and I actually were friends mm -hmm. prior to having a child. So mm -hmm. we do have, or we did have, no, I shouldn't say did, we do. We do have a shared language. And that was created before we had him. Mm -hmm. So so we okay. have had some um, unique things to fall, to fall back on, and there was actually a genuine um, love care and respect for one another um and he he has admittedly said like i he's respectful of the fact that i held it down while he was figuring out who he is mm. um and and admittedly that was not easy mm. i had to hold the belief for us for a lot of years and i just i knew though also um I believed in who he is, mm -hmm. um, and I also believed in the family dynamic that I wanted to create. Mm -hmm. So I provided space for that to happen. Okay. That's dope. That's yeah. dope. Definitely. All right, final question is, so we are educators. Yes. And we work in education, and as mm -hmm. men, wanna, we love all our students, um, <laughs> but we're drawn to young black males, or even males, period, and yep. we can tell when there's a breakdown Mm -hmm. um, in the family, the father's not there, or they don't have a positive male model. What, um, as one of the things you do as far as giving um, um, counsel and yeah. advice to organizations who deal with um, situations such as us, what would you have? What do you have for us? I would say um, first and foremost, creating a space where young boys in particular don't feel judged by what their family dynamic is. Mm -hmm. Like not talking about it from a deficit mm -hmm. um, place. Also um, not creating um, a, this kind of weight on their shoulders that the world places mm -hmm. on them that they may have already heard in their household like they're the man of their house mm -hmm. like that's not true that's not right? or they're the king like right. this is the king you know yeah. like, it's, 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 it's insane <laughs> yes. especially when we're talking about now we have grown men that are saying like I need to feel comfortable enough saying that I can accept this or not accept this mm -hmm. or being comfortable feeling how I feel. Mm -hmm. So I think it's important for black men who are educators, who are in spaces with young boys to help undo the messaging that mm -hmm. we, that we hear and that we see. And like, if they're frustrated, um, a huge 
thing I think right now is to help them understand the differences in the feelings that they're showing, mm-hmm. right? Like every emotion is not anger. Yep. Um, everything is not mad, yep. right? Like maybe you're humiliated. <laughs> yep. Like let's teach you right, right. now that, that dude that just pushed you and you fell in front of all the girls, you're not mad. You're humiliated. You're embarrassed. And, yep. and, and, that's, and this is what that means. Yep. You're embarrassed, right? Yep. And this is what that means, and this is how you can deal with that, mm-hmm. right? So, like, helping them to understand how to articulate what they're feeling mm-hmm. yeah. is, is, is huge. And just being that safe space for them. Yeah. yeah. I remember, I mean, my son grew up, of course, with his father. Um, we actually lived in the same house hold until I think he was about seven Um, and he's always had you know men in his life but there was a point in time where he came to us and he just kept being like why don't I have any men teachers like why Mm -hmm. why don't I like he was yearning for more men in his Mm -hmm. in his life in his space to learn from and to connect with and um, I thought that was really interesting because, I mean, you know, naively, I'm like, you got a daddy, like right. what? Yeah. <laughs> but, but it was right. like, okay, but he gets on my nerves sometimes, so, yeah, though, he do. you know. Uh-huh. And and he's a he lectures me when I don't really, you know, want well, that. Well, yeah. And my son didn't play sports. Um, he's more of an entertainer, so he didn't have like the coach, mm-hmm. right? That you know was that person. So, I think that the more that we have men who can show up for boys, and help them. The other thing I want to say is so important. Help them to regulate. Mm-hmm. Because those boys also grow up to be the men who show up in court who mm-hmm. don't know how to regulate, mm-hmm. who don't know how to self-regulate. Mm-hmm. And their emotion comes off as anger. Mm-hmm. And that is a threat. Yep. yep. Right? Um, another piece I would say is helping them understand um, Oh, this is this is a deep one. I didn't even know I was gonna say this one, but helping them to understand how to choose. Most men or boys go for the girl that chose them, mm. and so now you're along for her ride and her drama and whatever she wants you to be and do, wow. instead of them choosing the, the woman or the girl that they like. Mm-hmm. So empowering boys to pick, like I, she fits me yep, and yep. what I want instead mm-hmm. of. Because she likes me and, you know, wants to kiss on me and she going to give me some and all of that. Mm. Now you're on her path. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now she's guiding you and leading she, she you. She got your whole life in hand. <laughs> right? Okay. And so I think a lot of that is helping helping young men, um, black men in particular, um, be a little bit more choosy. choosy. Would you say that? So one of the things I've heard is delayed gratification is um, one of the number one indicators of success in life mm-hmm. and boys and girls who grow up without their fathers or don't have a positive male role model in their life they they, they tend to lack um delayed gratification mm. so would you I, I would say of course that's the yep. that's one mm-hmm. of the problems when with boys choosing the girl or the girl choose them oh she's gonna let me that's the easy route yep. i'm gonna go for it give me attention yeah like, that's yeah. that that's a big one yeah gotten. Because yeah. it's like if, if a family dynamic is or their the home is broken, sometimes they are yearning for attention. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they've been by themselves for and, so long. And willing to accept it in whatever way that it comes. That's how people end up in gangs, end up yep. in things. Like you find you latch onto people that mm-hmm. take you in. They mm-hmm. say yes yep. to you. They said, We got your back. Yep. And that's the part. It's yep. like when you've never heard people saying, Hey, we love you 
you are appreciated. You are who we think you are. You're going to yeah. be amazing. You never heard all those? Yep. The moment somebody comes around and says and does it. anything remote, they don't even need to say the right thing. Just right. something remotely around that. Yep. You're jumping on them. Yep. Like you're like, okay, I'm yours. That's right so there. true. So that topic, well, I'm sorry, I got to get you out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of that, one thing I did here, and I heard it as an adult, and I'm like, it was another man speaking to a group of boys, and it was like it weren't Boy Scouts, but it was almost like that—a type of group. And I'm, and I was like, why didn't I hear this? Why wasn't I taught this? Mm -hmm. One thing he said, he was like, "Be careful of the woman you choose, because yeah. she will determine the, your success that you will have in life. The, t the woman you choose, the partner you choose, will will ultimately determine the success you will have in life." I believe that. I definitely do. I mm -hmm. see a lot of men who have children by multiple women. Mm -hmm. And he's not the same man with every one of those mm -mm. women. Mm -hmm. Therefore, he's not the same father to Child all of children. those children. Wow. And so if that is the case, that has to be, there has to be some truth to that, yeah. right? Um, my son's father has more than one child, um, more than one mother. Mm -hmm. um, our son was planned completely different dynamic mm -hmm. than the other children. He doesn't love them any less, but he's had a completely different experience, experience yeah. with my son and with parenting with me mm -hmm. than he did, right? And in our particular dynamic, we went through less ups and downs in terms of co-parenting because of just having that other, that kind of foundation. You said it right. It was planned. Yeah. So, so what you're saying is he chose the right one. Yeah, basically, yeah, what you're saying. Yes. At least, at least in the beginning, <laughs> to start it off. But, but what was good about that though is, and and has rang true is because of how our family dynamic started, there were some things that he did know going forward as you know being a father to other children mm -hmm. how to do that how to go about that mm -hmm. um i'm i'm sure our relationship set the tone for how he's effectively co-parenting for his daughter mm -hmm. you know and how he's able to show up in that situation um and i think whoever you choose you know um yeah. it's an it's a transfer of energy i'm gonna tell you yeah it definitely <laughs> so. is definitely well i want to thank you thank you for being a guest thank for coming on you. we appreciate you being here um this was good. Yeah, it was really good. I appreciate. It. We really, really do appreciate you. Now I got to go do some more work. <laughs> Every time I leave this studio, I feel like there's more things to be working on. Always, I always. Love I love it. Gives you a purpose. So that's been the Mental Health Podcast. That's a wrap. Till next Thank time. Thank you. Thank you.